Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire. And Jay, good to be back with you here today. Excited to continue to talk about the future of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We are going to talk about a topic that's a little disappointing, but understandable at the same time. But uh, man, it's, it's good to see you. Uh, It's a nice clear screen here, unlike outside where it's just pollen everywhere where I've talked to you about. And I'm I'm sure a lot of our listeners as well are just struggling out there, man. The spring is not uh, is not being kind to us thus far. Yeah, it ain't being kind to me either. I got bad allergies to pollen. That is like I'm not really all that allergic to anything else really that I know of. But the pollen is pretty bad. And it's like, you know, I live out here in the boondocks under a lot of pine trees. We'll put it that way. A lot of pine trees, a lot of stuff that likes to germinate and blossom. And uh, yeah, so like the beginning of the month, man, my car was looking, you know, it's the it's, it's navy blue, but it, it was looking kind of yellowish. Yeah, mine too. Dude, I have to get a, I, I usually have been finding myself getting a car wash at least once a week, which for someone that usually only does it like a couple times a year, it has been nuts, dude. Like my car sits under a tree too. I had to move it to like the other side of my driveway to <laughs> to, like, to try and prevent it as much as possible. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it, it was bad. Like I, it was to the point where I was embarrassed to drive my car out and it, and like just have people looking at it. But um, I think you know what I probably have to end up getting is a uh, a car cover to prevent all of that off of Amazon or something or you know from somebody. Uh, shout out to uh, Magellan, by the way, if they want to sponsor us. I know they do car covers and all of that kind of stuff and car shampoo and all that. So get at us, Magellan, if y'all want to do something. Uh, but yeah, man, like, um, yeah, I'm with you on that with the pollen and whatnot, man. Um, but aside from that, I can't complain, man. It's uh, been a busy week as usual, you know, it's, as it is all the time around this time of the year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, yeah, as usual, appreciate the people tuning in and, and checking us out and rating, comments, subscribing, this, that, and the other. And uh, yeah, excited to get uh, this episode, which I think is what, episode 65 on the road, man, and uh, start talking some more Jags football as we are um, getting closer and closer to the draft. That's correct, folks. So if you are enjoying the show, one of the best ways you can support us is heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show. We see all of those comments, and we appreciate them so very much. Along with Apple Podcasts, we're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast as part of the awesome Believe Podcast library. You can find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. So we've got a couple of topics that we're going to tackle here this week, Jay. But really quick, we want to give a shout out to our first and OG sponsor, Bet Online. 
I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness is upon us. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, Jay, first and foremost, let's get to the news that broke today. The NFL has approved the uh, expansion to a 17-game regular season. We kind of knew that that was, uh, that was pretty much a uh, conclusion. Uh, the NFL owners voted on Tuesday to approve an enhanced schedule, which will feature 17 regular season games per team and one-game expansion from the previous 16-game schedule. Pretty much how it's going to work this year, Jay, is all of the AFC teams will get an extra home game. We'll let you know what that means for the Jaguars and who their opponent will be in just a moment. The NFL season will begin Thursday night, September 9th, and the regular season will end Sunday, January 9th, 2022. The Super Bowl will be played on February 13th, 2022 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. So, of course, Jay, again, like we said, we, we kind of knew that this was coming uh, with the new television deal coming down the pipeline. Uh, it's um, it, it's definitely been kind of the talk of this of the NFL for a while. I think it was kind of postponed, of course, because of the pandemic. And for those of you who are wondering what that means for the Jaguars, they are going to get an extra home game against the Atlanta Falcons. So it's kind of like bringing over one of those preseason games that we get every single year against Atlanta that will now just count as a regular season home game. So, Jay, what do you think about this? I know I've been seeing you know some some players tweeting about this not being very happy. Uh, 17 games, of course, just seems like an odd number. It's been a long time since they've made any changes to the schedule. And ultimately, I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like this is kind of just getting them on the road to 18, which we'll eventually see maybe in a few years. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll get to 18 games, um, but I do know that that TV deal, which was worth, um, if I can recall correctly, $100 billion definitely uh got the wheels turning on getting that extra regular season game, which, like you said, a lot of players uh, weren't too happy about. Um, and, you know, like this kind of goes back to that conversation we had about the CBA that they agreed upon and um, how it favored or how it intrigued a lot of players who weren't, um, you know, atop the I guess you could say the listing for salary cap, you know, some of the, the guys that make lower end money or, you know, make significantly less than uh, some of the major players out there. It was uh, intriguing to them. And, you know, I'm I'm starting to personally wonder if the NFL and the owner's side did that by design because it's more of those guys that don't make the big bucks than the guys that do. So, you know, in a way, like, you favored the CBA in a way that would intrigue the majority in a way. And uh, albeit it was a, the, the vote was very close from um, what we can recall. Uh, but still, like, nonetheless, like maybe that was one of the big X factors in getting the players side and the union to sign that deal, uh, which is coming with, as we just said, this additional game, which a lot of the guys that's making, you know, a bulk of the money or, you know, that are the high end players that are making the, the big bucks. Uh, they aren't too thrilled about that extra game because, I mean, well, you know, the NFL is a rigorous game, you know, and it's, it's taxing on the body. And especially somebody brought up this point. I think it was Josh Allen from the Jags that, like, just imagine if you're a rookie 
coming into this this situation with uh, a 17th game, right? You are pretty much going to be working the whole year. You know what I'm saying? So to to put that into context and explain what I mean by that is, you know, the timeline he laid out. Like, so let's say you're a senior and you were a very good senior player in college. You go to the senior bowl, right? After that, you start training for the combine. After that is the combine. This year, they don't have a combine. So, like, that kind of helps them out. But you on, on a regular year, you would start training for the combine after the senior bowl. After that, you come into, uh, what is it, OTAs and minicamp. After that, there's training camp. After that is the preseason. After that is the regular season. So, like, you've been working from January all the way to, you know, January, January to January, basically. Uh, and, and and not only that, you know, if you go to the playoffs, if you're a postseason team, that rookie is going to be working into what, February or whatever the case may be when the Super Bowl. So, like, you, you're looking at some of these guys um, and it's going to it's only going to be a, a, a few, a small few players. But some of these rookies are going to be working from January to February, man. Which is, you know, I just kind of found that a little uh, ridiculous for for some of the the you know the prospects that are entering the draft. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, we saw it coming. Um, this deal involves what I think the extra network that's more involved in it now is Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I don't know. I have to look into the details of it, but I think Amazon is going to be doing Thursday night football or something along those lines. Now we'll see. Uh, but. You know, with that deal, we knew this was coming. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully for the players' sake, it doesn't move to 18 games, like you said, because that'll be super rough. But um, at the same time, maybe, you know, that gives the Jaguars an extra opportunity. I guess if you could say you want to look at the positives, maybe it gives a team like the Jaguars one more game that they need to uh, make the playoffs if they're, like, on the brink of making the playoffs or any team, for that matter, that's, you know, at the brink of uh, one or two games away from, from making the postseason. I'm glad you brought up that point that Josh Allen was making because I mean, what do you think that means just for NFL teams in general? Cause they're going to have to change something, right? I mean, there's no way that you can, as like you said, you know, this sport is incredibly grueling on the body. We know that for the most part, the average NFL career is roughly three or four years. I mean, there's no way that, I mean, how, how are they going to adjust that? I, I don't, I don't think anything really came out of that. We just know that there's going to be the extra game. I assume there's going to have to be changes as far as the schedules go for the off season too, right? There's no way they can ask these players to, uh, you know, even though you said, like you said, you know, it's less, it's less, um, it was not as many people that are going to be going into the postseason, but they do have that extra playoff spot now. So there is an extra playoff game as well. So they're going to have to change something, right? They can't ask these guys to do that. Yeah. There'll be some kind of pushback or some form. Of course you would have to think just, you know, just based off of how the players, operating how they've reacted and so on and so forth. I don't know if it's a situation where you see the players say, Hey, uh, starters are not seeing the field for, Hey, Shuri, what's up? <laughs> uh, Shuri, Shuri wants to join the podcast for everybody who wants to know that's, that's Phil's bulldog. Dog <laughs> my lap. She has something. Do you have anything to add? No. Okay. <laughs> wise words from a wise pup. Go ahead. James. Right. Right. Uh, shout outs to Shuri. But, um, yeah, like you might see some pushback uh, to the degree, uh, degree or along the lines of maybe players say, hey, especially starters, like we're not going to play in the preseason. Starters are not touching the field in the preseason. No, uh, you know, and I'm just throwing stuff out there. This is not stuff I've heard of or 
that people have mentioned in the past. This is just, you know, off the top of my head. Maybe you get players say, like, we're not, you know, starters saying we're not playing in the preseason. And the preseason is a lot of second and third stringers or more so a lot of third stringers. Um, maybe you you see the players ask for bigger rosters in terms of, you know, to, to preserve some of the starters, some of the people atop the depth charts. Uh, maybe you see that. Uh, maybe you see where uh, – no, nah, not nah, scratch that. I can't – I was about to say maybe you see where they ask for a week off before the preseason or the uh, the regular season, should I say. Um, but I, I doubt that would happen because, I mean, you're basically giving all of the teams in the postseason a bye week instead of just giving the one seeds a bye week. So I don't think that will work out. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the players ask for an extra week off somewhere along the lines or whatever the case may be just based off of how the, the, the players' union and the NFL have beef. I don't know if they'll have a lot of luck with that. Um, but – Nonetheless, man, you can understand now, you know, especially with this TV deal and the extra game, why the the players that are making a lot of the money, you know, in terms of the the higher up players, you can understand why they were unhappy with that CBA. And, uh, you know, me and you brought that up back then, like this could come back and, you know, hunt them if they want that extra game somewhere in there. Hey everyone, gonna get back to believing the Jaguars here in just a moment, but really quick, here's something you didn't know about me. I do not sleep well, but I'm really good at staying awake and staring at my ceiling, so I'm always looking for new ways to get my act together. My head hits the pillow and bam, my mind races to what I didn't do, what I need to do, yada yada. Relatable? Yeah, it sucks. Fortunately, I found Sunday Scaries and realized they make products specifically for overthinkers and night owls like me. Sunday Scaries CBD gummies help me decompress, clear my head, and fall asleep so I can actually wake up a fully functioning human being. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code JAGS for your discount. That's promo code JAGS for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. It's definitely going to take some getting used to to see teams with like a nine and eight, 10 and seven, six and 11 record. It's going to look gross at, at first, folks. So, uh, you know, it, it is going to take some getting used to. I'm sure they felt the same way when they expanded to 16 and they're like, oh, 10 and six. That might be all the Jags actually need in their division when looking at how, That's true. how things have changed now. No Deshaun Watson, you know, um, Carson Wentz don't have anybody to protect him on the perimeter, you know, at, at tackle, at offensive tackle. Uh, and, I mean, I guess the only team you could really say kind of stayed intact was the Titans who who lost their offensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, how are they going to look? Maybe 9-7 and seven is what gets a team in there. Maybe, you know, I mean, Jags fans will be happy for 9-7 and seven regardless, even if that gets them in the playoffs or if it don't. <laughs> that's just... 9-8, and eight, you mean? Yeah, 9-8, and eight, I'm sorry. That, because it will mark significant progress for, for the Jaguars, I mean. So, either way, I guess we'll be happy with it. But, I mean, I guess you would prefer to end up in the postseason if you're going to win that many games. 
in that one extra game, all for us to play Tennessee on Thursday night again. Anyway, let's move into the next piece uh, that we're going to discuss here, Jay. And that is just some sad and disappointing news that came out last week as reported from uh, by Tom Pelissero after initially agreeing to terms with the Jaguars to veteran defensive end Tyson Alualu had a change of heart and is now re-signing with the Steelers on a two-year deal. Uh, the backstory that uh, Pelissero put up here on Twitter, uh, Alualu was going to sign with the Jaguars but couldn't make the trip after testing positive for COVID per sources. He built his dream home in Pittsburgh, has kids in school, and with 10 days to think, he decided to stay. Jay, you know, you and I both sung the praises of Tyson uh, returning to the team just last week. And when this news came out, uh, it really gutted me, man. I, I I totally get it. Very disappointed. Of course, not mad at him for it. I don't, I don't know. I hope that no one is, is angry with him for making this decision is, you know, so many, so many fans are just, uh, you know, they always kind of cut these guys down to just numbers and they don't remember that they're actual people with families and lives. So it was definitely understandable, but also disappointing at the same time. So Jay, what was your initial reaction when you heard this? And also, how do you think that affects the team's plans either for the remainder of free agency or even going into the draft? Yeah, I talked about this on Twitter and tweeted about it. I think, and some people don't agree with me on this necessarily. And that, you know, that's fine. Um, that it just makes for good conversation. But uh, I think it's a big hit because Tyson, in terms of it's every he they were getting everything we named last week. They were getting somebody to help them against the run because they were terrible against the run, and he was a very good player against the run. So like that's first and foremost. They also are you know gonna be missing out on uh somebody familiar with Joe Cullen, uh somebody also a veteran presence that can help guys like. A Doug Costin, uh, like Devon Hamilton and all of these young bucks that are in the locker room that showed promise last year. So, like, you know, his veteran presence alone was was pretty huge for me. And, you know, I think, you know, I, well, I forgot the number that we came to. But when we looked on PFF, I do remember seeing that he started in 11 games. I do remember you saying that 10 or 11 games. And I can't remember the snap number. Uh, but me, like I had it in my mind just you know how journalists think we, we think like three steps ahead right when I started like piecing together what the roster would look like and what the starting lineup could look like after the first week of free agency I had it in my mind that Tyson could start at defensive end in a 34 so especially with the 10 or 11 um, 10 or 11 starts that he had so like me I, I saw him in the starting lineup with Devon Hamilton and uh and and probably uh, Roy Robertson Harris will be your three starting line. I mean, but not that it really matters because they they're going to be using a heavy rotation. If you look at what Baltimore does, uh, so it, it, not that being a starter matters, but I thought he would be the first guy on defense to see the field with the other two linemen. Um, and of course there'll be multiple, so you'll see um, four four down linemen at time times as well. Uh, but. That threw a fork in the plans from that standpoint because I think now they got to definitely address the uh, draft or address this Tyson Alualu's departure, or I guess he really never signed the dotted line. It was he agreed to terms, but they have to address this by going in the draft. I mean, like, I thought, you know, they could maybe get Jaron Reed, but Jaron Reed went to the Chiefs, which, I mean, that's understandable. Winning franchise, um, they're paying them good money. Uh, you can see why somebody would choose the Chiefs over the Jaguars. Not saying the Jaguars uh, offered him anything, but 
if they did, you can understand why he went with Kansas City over them. Uh, so with them missing out on Jerry Reed, man, like it, it really feels like this team has to come away with somebody along the lines of Christian Barmore. And we said this before Tyson even signed. The situation that we're looking at here is that the defensive line class isn't all that deep in this draft. And it's going to force the Jaguars' hand to take a defensive end or a defensive tackle early in the process because, as I told you what many weeks ago, it's a drop-off after Barmore and, like, Levi Unwuzuriki. It's a drop-off there, like around that second to third round range. And, you know, it feels like the Jaguars got to come away with a guy like Christian Barmore to put on that line or whatever the case may be. Um, And that just adds another need to – the uh, equation because with Tyson, it felt like a uh, defensive tackle defensive end was less of a need, but now, you know, it really moves the needle. And, and in fact, it moves the needle from a point, you know, me and you were saying like, we thought the free agency class was a B along the lines of a B. It moves it to the, the along the lines of a C now, in my opinion, just to kind of give people a, a gauge of how drastic that miss is for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, you know, Expect to see a lot of mock drafts with us taking Barmore at 25 or 33 or somewhere and trying to figure out the rest of their needs early in the draft as well. Yeah, uh, to answer your earlier question, Jay, 496 snaps for Tyson, so roughly 500. I mean, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, a uh, 86.6 defensive rating for Tyson last season top that was a in for number nine overall for interior linemen. So uh, again, really, really big, uh, a a big loss here um, by not, uh, by losing out to to him and COVID just continues to strike in mysterious ways, man. If that is indeed what happened with Tyson, uh, it's definitely a, a a big hit. And and as we mentioned, you know, this, it, I think that's a good point. It does kind of bring it from like, I, I, I think I gave it a B plus maybe down to a C plus still a solid, you know, a solid haul. However, this does because we talked about the importance of him coming in and mentoring these guys. And I think you definitely miss out on that, especially with a young line. Now you did mention, you know, we do have, uh, we, we, we were able to acquire Malcolm Brown. Um, so, you know, they did have a still, a, again, a pretty decent haul on the defensive line, but I know you had something else to add to. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it, in this situation, like, and I haven't seen a lot of fans blaming Tyson, especially with it involving his family. Um, this situation is really you can't, it's nobody's fault. It's not the Jags fault. You know, some people try and spin it as it's the Jags fault. Uh, it's not Tyson's fault. Uh, it's more so COVID's fault, in my opinion. That's how I see it. And the reason I say that is because normally under normal circumstances, you could get a player into your facility immediately and they sign the papers immediately and they're with you. You know, they're on your team. They've signed the dotted line, you know, um, on, on the day of free agent, well, the, the day after free agency, should I say. Uh, but now we are in a situation where where you have to take these protocols for COVID and you can't just let people in your building, which is understandable because you want to protect the people in your building. That's totally understandable. I get that. Um, but now it's not as simple as it used to be where, you know, the, the players didn't have all that much time to think about this. You know, and then with Tyson enduring his situation, and we hope he uh, we hope he gets well. By the way, uh, very soon with Tyson enduring his situation and having that that grace period, or I guess you could say that period where he had to stay away from an NFL facility, he may have agreed to terms, but that gave him time to 
uh, think about or or not even think about it, but that gave the Pittsburgh Steelers time to call him back and say, hey, are you sure about that? Discussed it with his family, too. Right, right. We'll gladly, you know, we'll gladly, since we know what the Jacksonville Jaguars offered you, we'll match something along the lines of that. It ain't going to be the exact amount. We'll get close to it. Um, You can come back home. You know, you don't have to get in a situation where your wife and kids have to resettle, so on and so forth. You know, are you sure? So that that brief period of COVID gave him a, a, a amount of time to just, you know what I'm saying, for the Steelers to come in there and wow him and for him to think about and reconsider his situation. But normally, you know, Tyson Alualu would have been here the day after uh, free agency started signing the paperwork and he would have been a Jaguar. And it's as simple as that. That's why I say it's kind of like COVID's fault and the protocol's fault, which, again, I'm not blaming the protocols or I'm not calling out the protocols because they are necessary. They're needed. And, um, you know, and we hope Tyson get better, but uh, gets better. But we are where we are right now. And, you know, the Jaguars have to sit back and reassess what needs to be done to, um, you know, fix that defensive line. So let me ask you this here, Jay. I want to go back to the uh, the mock draft you put out that we discussed last week. For those of you that missed it, definitely go check out that episode. So with the second or the the 25th pick, you had us taking uh, uh, Trayvon Merrick from TCU, the safety. And then with pick 33, you had us taking uh, Pat Fryermuth, the tight end out of Penn State. Now you said, of course, this changes everything. Now, uh, if you you only can take two of those guys, right? We're talking about three guys, Christian Barmore or the other uh, defensive lineman, uh, uh, Merrig and Fryermuth. How are you ranking those three guys? Just out of curiosity between the safety, the tight end and the interior lineman, which ones do you think takes precedence? Uh, I would say... I would say the safety still probably should be higher on the list because, again, going back to what you said earlier, the Jaguars did get a lot of interior line help. Uh, they got Malcolm Brown. They re-signed Juan Smoot. Uh, you know, they they re-signed uh, or they got Jaheed Ward. You know, they got some guys there. The reason why the defensive end, defensive tackle position will be prioritized higher in mock drafts, however, is the way I would explain it, is because of that drop-off. You know, you have to take a defensive tackle at 25 or 33 or maybe even 45 now uh, because, again, there's that drop-off after Barmore and there's that drop-off after on Wuzuriki. Uh Whereas, you know, if you miss out on Trayvon Merrick, maybe you can get, like, a guy – I'm just – uh, just throwing out a name there in the third round. Maybe you could trade up in the middle of the third round and get like a Paris Ford from Pittsburgh and fix the safety position. So you're probably going, that's what I'll probably end up doing. And now I just gave away what I'll probably end up doing in my mock drafts is, you know, you'll probably see me taking Christian Barmore to ensure that they get that defensive line help they need before the drop off. And then probably like in the third, second round ish, you know, you'll see maybe people trying to trade up, if they're playing in the shoes of the Jaguars, that is for, you know, somebody like a Paris Ford or um, it's, it's some other um, names that I had written down in terms of prospects that are, um, you know, that would make sense for the Jaguars uh, as safety. So I think what you end up seeing is it's people trying to get the safety uh, a little later in mock drafts and, uh, you know, flip flopping it that way. Yeah, well, that's good to know, Jay. Again, I just wanted to see how you would prioritize those three positions. I definitely think you still need to uh, address tight end for sure. Uh, I think it, we can all be comfortable in saying, you know, our starting our starting tight end, primary tight end probably isn't on the roster as of right now. So let's get to, of course, the, you know, the man of the hour and what our head coach has been saying 
about Trevor Lawrence. But before that, we want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Now, whether rare dead stock or the latest released, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. And it protects sellers with a verified return process. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, Jay. So, of course, we have all seen the images now of Urban Meyer just standing over the shoulder of Trevor Lawrence at his pro day from about a month ago. You know, it made uh, made for some really good memes, if I do say so myself. Now, uh, uh, recently, Urban Meyer was speaking with NBC Sports' Peter King, and Meyer provided some good news for Jacksonville fans eagerly hoping that the team selects the former Clemson quarterback with the number one overall pick. He said, quote, I'd have to say that's the direction we're heading. I'll leave that up to the owner when we make that decision official, but I'm certainly not stepping out of line that that's certainly the direction we're headed. Of course, Jay, this is not a surprise. It's pretty much been a foregone conclusion that the number one overall pick, whoever was going to land it, was going to covet Trevor Lawrence, unless it was one of these teams uh, like the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe even the Miami Dolphins. But it came down, of course, to the Jaguars and the Jets, and we find ourselves in the position to hopefully take a franchise-altering quarterback. So, Jay, what do you think about Urban Meyer finally coming out and acknowledging, you know, he had been... Of course, you can't just come out and and say, yeah, this is going to be our guy. You can't do that quite yet. But I think up until recently, um, he was in Ohio State today, for their pro day, he hadn't really been seen at any of the other quarterbacks pro days. And of course, you know, he has, you know, very heavy ties to Ohio state. And I'm not surprised whatsoever that he's there. He also could be checking out some other prospects that he's familiar with, or that maybe the Jaguars would be interested in taking down the line. But what do you think of urban coming out and saying, this is quote the direction uh, that they're probably heading. Yeah. I mean, well, in, in terms of the thing, what you were saying, I want to talk about it first in terms of going to Ohio state. Uh, it, it is worth noting that uh, because you're still going to have a select small few that say he might have been there to check out Justin Fields. And he may have wanted to see Justin Fields just to do his due diligence. But um, Justin Fields and Trey Sermon are two of the players on that team or that participated in that pro day that uh, Urban Meyer didn't coach. And I think Sermon, he didn't coach Sermon because Sermon was a transfer. And Justin Fields came along. Uh, after Urban Meyer had left. Um, but it, it was, um, I think I did an article on this. It was about 12 prospects uh, that are draft eligible that Urban Meyer did coach on that team. So that makes sense that he would go there for, uh, for that reason to see those guys. I mean, it's some defensive linemen on there. He could use uh, Sean Wade, who was from Jacksonville as well, who he coached. Um, there's a tight end. Maybe they could get in, in the late rounds there. So, in terms of uh, my thoughts on Urban Meyer coming out to say uh, Trevor Lawrence is the guy, uh, that's been the world's worst kept secret. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. let's be real, man. It's Todd Mache and Mel Kuyper were coming out to say it in the beginning. Urban Meyer only took that job to coach Trevor Lawrence. 
the only way Urban Meyer was going to get dragged, you know, this is what we've been hearing from the media, not just McShay and Kuyper. The only way Urban Meyer was going to get dragged into the NFL was to coach Trevor Lawrence. He So basically, he was going to go wherever Trevor Lawrence went. And that's not a knock on Jacksonville because, I mean, yeah, to a degree, he does. Urban Meyer does have love for the state of Florida and the, the Jacksonville, Gainesville area. That did partly play a role in him coming back into the NFL is his familiarity and his love for the area, too. But for the most part, the the key factor in him coming to Jacksonville is, without the shadow of a doubt, Trevor Lawrence. Like, if you put this on a pie scale is the way I would put it. Trevor Lawrence is probably 85% of the reason he came to, to Jacksonville, you know, to coach him. Uh, so, I mean, it was the world's worst kept secret. He was on the field with Trevor Lawrence, as you just said, during his pro date. How many times have we ever seen that in pro date history? period i've seen it all i've seen gus bradley shake blake bortles hand at the pro day and we thought nothing of it you know he just dapped him up a uh, low key we, we should have paid attention to that sign or whatever the case may be i've seen stuff like that and i've seen uh you know people on the sidelines and i've even seen mike bravel take take part in the drills with the defensive linemen and the linebackers at pro days. I've seen that. And I've seen Bill Belichick pull a guy to the side and coach him up during his pro day and tell him like what he needs to work on. I've seen that, but I've never seen a coach watch a quarterback throw, you know, of that magnitude, a guy that's going first overall. I've never seen a coach watch a quarterback throw uh, from within 10 yards away like that. And Darrell Belvanite, I remind you, was about 20 yards back. So, um, you know, that was another sign aside from Kuyper and, and McShay telling us that's why Kuyper or, or that's why um, Urban Meyer came to Jacksonville. And, and I mean, like the PR department, you know, they pulled a little thing. I know you saw that with the graphic that they sent in one of their emails or it was one of their social media posts where uh, it's actually a poster that they based off of a Trevor Lawrence outline. And um, I don't know if you saw that, Phil, but they put that together real quick and noticed that, hey, this is Trevor Lawrence stencil in this graphic that the Jaguars <laughs> yeah. just put out. Like I saw it on their Instagram page. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, like when when you have the first overall pick, it's okay to not, you know, beat around the bush. I guess you can say. I mean, because I mean, what what else do people expect the Jacksonville Jaguars to do who've never had a quarterback of Trevor Lawrence magnitude? Like, what's the point of like being secretive about it? So you know, Urban Meyer came out to say it. Uh, nobody in the organization had nothing to say about it. Not Tony Khan, not Shock, <laughs> not Trent Balky. That just shows you what kind of pull he has. Uh, I found you know that I interesting. I want to see Trevor Lawrence like show up at AEW. That's what I want. Like I want him to, before the draft. Before the draft even happens, I want Trevor Lawrence to come out with like <laughs> come out at, at AEW and like attack Kenny Omega or something. <laughs> you know what, bro? You might have just gave Tony Khan an idea, and he he's going to have to credit. <laughs> This podcast for that idea, that yeah. because that's a great idea. I don't know, like maybe Trevor Lawrence comes out and uh, if the inner circle is still beefing with uh, the pinnacle or something, pinnacle. He, yeah, he comes out and help out the inner circle or something. We'll see, yeah. man. To talk on what you were saying, you know, there's not really a reason for them to kind of beat around the bush here, especially in a year like this. He could definitely, he could maybe be a little bit more secretive about it in a year where there's like, you know, three or four quarterbacks that people think could go number one. But in a year like this, where there is a guy that has been talked about forever, that is transcendent, hopefully, then it's, you know, that's not really a big deal. And I, you know, I remember some people criticizing him 
for not being at the other pro days. And I was like, why? What is it? What does it even matter? Who is that hurting? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, man. Uh, you know, w- w- between, you know, me and you and a lot of Jags fans, we see the gap between him and, and Zach Wilson. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not that big of a deal. It really, I mean, and just in general, though, man, like, I'm glad you talked about that because if you notice, Urban Meyer has been way more transparent than Doug Marone has ever been when he was here with the Jags. And, you know, I honestly can say I'm not mad at it, you know, as, as a media member, you know, him being uh, transparent, but, um, you know, maybe we'll see that kind of disappear into the regular season. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Time will tell, but yeah, no, no harm, no foul in uh, Urban Meyer saying that, Hey, this team is leaning towards, uh, you know, getting Trevor Lawrence, especially look like what's Shad Khan going to do anyway? Like, he doesn't have a social media account, you know what I'm saying? It's not like he can refute it. He's or gonna anything. come out and make yeah, he's gonna come out and make a statement against Urban Meyer, yeah, and after all that. Right. That, a guy that he's probably paying what, ten, eleven million dollars, you're just gonna fire him. Like, come on, like what what can you do? Um and, and especially after you said you want this to be a coach centric team. It's like, well, you pretty much gave him the keys to say whatever he wants at that point. So here we are. Exactly. And we'll probably do a little bit more of a deep dive into this whole discussion that he had with Peter King, maybe down the road here, Jay, because he definitely said some interesting and noteworthy stuff. But we wanted to talk specifically on the Trevor Lawrence of it all, because, of course, that's what everybody is talking about. And that's what everybody is excited about. But uh, that's it pretty much for this week's episode. You guys uh, pretty much, you know, a shorter version, not a whole lot going on this week as far as um, any any additional news, any any new signings, not too much else going on here of course they did bring back josh jones uh, adam Gotsis was re-signed as well but other than that not too much else to discuss we uh, are going headstrong into draft seasons kind of hard to crazy believe to believe jay we're already here in april um and uh hopefully going to be uh um we're of course going to be bringing you guys a lot more uh, some exciting guests down the line we've been talking about that for a while so uh, jay before we get out of here for this week anything else you want to talk about from either the jaguars wire or over here at the podcast uh yeah well first yeah i'm glad you brought up Gotsis because i forgot to mention him too um this could be you know tyson alu situation could be huge for Gotsis in terms of the snap count and uh, maybe even starting and you know getting significant play time um i forgot to mention that and uh, it's funny, right, Phil? Like, they signed Gotsis after or along the same timeline that Tyson Alualu says he's signing with the Steelers, right? Uh, it probably makes sense when you look at it from that context. Um, but in terms of the Jaguars wire, uh, you know, we'll just be keeping up uh, with the uh, draft content, of course, and keeping you all informed on that. Any meetings that occur, you know, we've been tracking those. Um, you know, the latest on Urban Meyer and what he's been saying, you know, we've been trying like that's been a, a point of emphasis for us on the Jaguars wire is we've been on Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence watch. And even though we know Urban Meyer just said that they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, uh, every step they've literally made, we've documented it on the Jaguars wire and we'll continue to do so. Um, so, yeah, like Phil said, we'll maybe get down the road. Uh, maybe we'll. Um, we'll talk about the peter king interview because it was a lot of good stuff that came out of that peter king's one of the best to do it which i said on twitter um and uh by the way we need to get him on the podcast maybe you can see him come on as a guest one day but um yeah aside from the draft you know that that's pretty much the direction we're going with the jaguars wire and as phil said you know like what we're going to focus on with the podcast is you know getting our uh draft 
uh, related guests on, you know, your Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, if we can. And, you know, just draft analysts from around the nation, wherever the case may be, uh, to, you know, give you all the best insight possible uh, heading in the next month, which is going to be uh, probably one of the biggest months in Jaguars history. That's right, folks. So much to look forward to uh, if you are a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Again, if you are enjoying the show and you want to support us, one of the best ways you can do that is heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving that five-star review. It sends us up the charts and also lets us know that we're doing a good job. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Once again, we are presented by Bet Online. Don't forget to believe in the Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves. We will see you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.